Imagine something wonderful has happened and someone wants to take you out for a meal to celebrate. Wherever you want to go, it's their treat. So where would you choose? Somewhere special or a favourite? Expensive or you get loads for your money? Exotic or familiar? Experimental and new or tried and tested? So wherever you would choose to go for this celebratory meal, it's more than just the biological requirement to eat food. It's about connecting with people. It's about the experience of being in that place. It's about the delicious and beautiful flavors you're going to experience. And in the Bible, food is talked about as an analogy for our spiritual nourishment as well. And it's more than just our spiritual survival, but it is about getting the fullness of life through the spiritual nourishment God wants to give us. So we've been looking at discipleship, we've been thinking about the environments where discipleship happens, and we've been thinking about skills we need to be a disciple. And today we're gonna to get to our fifth and final skill. And it's actually this skill that draws all of it together. And this skill is finding spiritual nourishment. There's a story about Jesus in John 4, and the situation is Jesus' disciples are taking a shortcut through a region called Samaria where Jews don't normally go, and they're hungry, and so they stop, and Jesus hangs out by a well. He says, I'm going to wait here, and the disciples go in to buy some food. And while the disciples are away, Jesus has this very profound and important conversation with a woman. So, that's the context. I just want to pick up the story when the woman's now left and the disciples come back. And they say, uh, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explains, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. So here, in a nutshell, Jesus describes what spiritual nourishment is. It is from knowing and doing God's will. Now the idea of being fed in church is often used, and often it's linked to someone's experience of the Sunday service, and what they often mean is I'm not finding it interesting enough or entertaining enough, or I don't feel I'm learning enough. Sometimes it's I'm not feeling busy enough. But here Jesus gets to the, the real kernel of what it is to find spiritual nourishment, to know God's will and to do it. So we need to reframe our understanding of what it means when we talk about God's will. In the same way, when we were talking about hearing God, we had to understand that that doesn't mean this booming voice coming from heaven, but might be a small nudge or a, almost a whisper in our brain. The same thing about God's will. Sometimes we think God's will is about the important decisions of my life, where I live, who I marry, what I'm going to, career I'm going to do, what I'm going to study, all those things. But actually, we discover that God is far more lovingly involved in our whole life, in our everyday life, in our mundane life. And so God's will extends into our whole life. 
Now, this doesn't mean that God is a control freak who wants to control. He has a will for what you eat for dinner or, you know, like the routes you take to work. I don't mean it's that specific. It's more like a parent who wills good things, wonderful things for their kids. And part of that is, you know, you want your kids to freely play. You don't want to control how they play. And that, this is the same with God. But it does mean that because God loves us, he's more interested than perhaps we might expect. And so his will isn't about spiritual or religious activities. His will extends into every area of our life, our working life, our uh, personal life, our friends, our relationships, our uh, homes, um, our personal interests, our hobbies, all these things. God wants the best for us. He wants us to find life in those things. So it is this skill, knowing and doing God's will, which is really the heart of discipleship. Discipleship is this process where we are becoming more like Jesus. We start to reflect his character in our character. We are starting to become the person we were created to be. We are becoming more truly human, more truly alive. And so finding God's will and doing it is that path into becoming this person, into uh, leaning into God's transforming work in our lives. And it's this skill that brings all the other skills and environments together. So first we need to find rhythms and communities that help us have space to focus on God and be open to what he's doing in our lives. And then we need to be practicing hearing God so we get these nudges, these prompts about what he wants us to do in certain areas of our lives. And we discover that God is discipling us. He is talking to us about our very lives in that moment, about our unique and personal journey of discipleship he has taken us on. And when we get that nudge, the only requirement to be a disciple is yes. We need to say, yes, I'm gonna do that thing you've asked me to do, that, that action you want me to take. And then we still have these rhythms and communities that support that, that encourage us, that uh, inspire us to do these things. And all of this is spiritual nourishment, helping us grow and mature and develop towards the person we were created to be. And that is what discipleship is. It's about our growth, our maturing, our developing and transforming into a person who has character like Jesus. And it is a different sort of life to be the sort of person and do the sort of things that Jesus would do if he lived our life. I like sometimes to think about the way we do life, that there is a default life. It's the life we would live if we were just left up to do it on our own. If we were just doing it under our own wisdom, our own power, our own encouragement, what sort of life would we lead? And it would be a life that was centered around us and the things we think are important. Now, some of those things might be good things. They might be family, they might be health, they might be our career, our achievements, they might be about status, they might be about security. Not necessarily bad things, but our only perspective on that is ours and what culture around us has told us. But God wants us to live a better life than our default life. He came in Jesus so that we could have life in abundance. And that means that he's gonna take us into areas and grow us in ways that we wouldn't do in our own strength, under our own understanding, with our own encouragement. And I think of it like a, like a, a circle, you know, that's our default life, the, the life we would live. And I think often it shrinks as well. As we get older, what happens is our life shrinks, we wanna do less, we wanna be more, uh, reserved we don't want to take as many risks we don't want to do that we get more and more comfortable and it gets smaller and smaller 
until, you know, we're an old person who doesn't want to leave the house. But what God is doing is he's pushing at the edges of these boundaries and the prompt takes us out to connect with that person, to join with that activity, to serve this group of people, to uh, try a new hobby, to do a new thing, to takes us out of those areas. And we probably wouldn't do it if we were left up to ourselves. But if we are listening to God's prompts and we are being empowered by him and supported by our communities, we take these steps. And so as we develop and mature, our lives get bigger and bigger, more and more like a Jesus-sized life. And as we grow, it actually changes us. It changes our hearts, our priorities, even our personalities to become people. And maybe you've seen this, you think back five years, you think, I'm such a different person now. I'm much more compassionate, kind. I'm doing these things that five years ago I didn't think I could even do. This is God growing our, us, developing us. And as we lead into the, lean into discipleship, it will happen more and more. So this is central for us as a church. This is why we want to build church around this process of discipleship. This is why we have spent the last two months talking about what discipleship is so that we can all be on the same page, understanding that everything we do, all that we talk about, all the activities we do, is geared towards us developing more and more as a disciple. And this is even more important than just being a church that does good works and has good teaching. Those things are all important. Those things are all part of discipleship. But really, the life God has for us and the, the purpose he has for us as a church is found by us being disciples. Not just what we think is the best thing, but listening to his will and doing it and growing that way. And this journey is going on all the time. I found this last two months thinking about this really interesting and it's actually shaped my understanding of how God is at work. So I often would pray, God, will you be with me today? And I, I've realized that that's not the best way for me to understand how God is at work. So now I'm praying, God, can I find you and follow you today? that my eyes would be open and I would be sensitive to what God is doing and where he is walking so that then I can stay in step with him and follow him. Not that he is just blessing my life as I live it, but I am trying to discover his life in my everyday moment by moment life. And so this is our foundation for us as a church. How do we help one another be disciples of Jesus? So let's pray. God, we thank you that you want us to be disciples, that you have this process to transform us into uh, the person we created to be, someone that will reflect you to the world around us, someone that would embody the characteristics of Jesus and would start to behave and act like he did. Lord, we want to see this transform us and then overflow into the world around us. So we pray that you would help us start to see this discipleship process as something we can lean into, to get involved with, to understand. Um, we thank you that it happens anyway, but we want to be really aware of how you are at work in us and in our church. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about Exeter Vineyard Church, head over to our website, www.exe.vin